Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 126, episode 5 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers. Fuck okay. Fox News. Hey, while well, we're at it. Yeah. Uh, it's Friday, March 27th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Zeitgang! Stay into quarantine! Uh, <laughs> Hello? Uh, that's supposed to be a play on Warriors Come Out to Play, yay. <laughs> and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! I don't want to die. I don't want to, want to, want to, want to die. Keep your arms above me, baby. Keep your arms above me, baby. Christy Yamaguchi, Maine. Thank you for that sugar, Ray. Inspired AKA. It's amazing to see the influx of AKAs, like full-on verses that I'm getting in my mentions. Uh, I I have to take my time to go through all of them. But shout out to everybody who's using their time to do some creative good. To compose. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by our guest and co-host, Jamie Loftus. Some people call me Lil Zamboni. Yeah. <laughs> Some call me the boss who is girl. <laughs> Some call me the hacker who codes. Because I'm the coder who hacks. There's a second <laughs> verse. <laughs> I think you get the idea. Uh, That's for- learn guitar, the guitar part for that. I know, whoop, I know. I need whoop. to switch. Whoop, whoop. I'll just make Sonny do it. <laughs> He's good. I'm surprised he doesn't know how to play right? acoustic Since already. he does that yes. every time a woman walks by on the street. Yeah, he, he fully whoop whoops. <laughs> um, well, guys, uh, let's tell our listeners what we're talking about today and then uh, get into a little bit of over-under. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, our new leader in uh, all things labor <laughs> and collective action, the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, yeah. Chairman Cheesecake. Chairman Cheesecake. <laughs> Chairman. Comrade Cheesecake. <laughs> Comrade Cheesecake Factory. Uh, I mean, it's right there in the name. It's like a factory, you know. It's yeah. I mean, factories. The people are, need their cheesecakes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the Biden sexual assault allegation. Uh, we are going to talk about U.S. jobless claims. Going up by 3 million, the previous record for a single week rise in uh, jobless claims was 600,000 in 1982. Uh, We're going to talk about Bernie straight flaming the GOP on the floor of Congress. We're going to talk about whether crime will actually go up. People seem to be expecting it to with all the guns they're buying. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the items people are not desperately hoarding uh, and how the paparazzi biz is uh, holding up. But first, guys, let's tell the people what is something from our search history that's revealing about who we are. Uh, I, got, I got Comrade Brittany. Anyone okay. Google Comrade Brittany yesterday? Well, I mean, yes. Uh, is, did something else happen aside from her Instagram post? 
Uh, she, well, she, hmm. Well, there's, we, there, no. there's several Instagram posts at this point. Okay, because wow. I know we talked about the one, the first one where she was just like fucking with the idea of a general strike. What's the next? What's the latest from Com Com Breezy? Com, Com Breezy, she's really becoming a rose emoji, and I love to see it. She she did uh, one of those celeb challenge posts that are all curse. Celebrities are doing like what? Are they, they're like doing push ups or something. I, what the fuck are they doing? They're pu- and then they're washing their hands on camera. Jennifer Garner washed her hands and was like, "I stay home for Victor Garber," and I was like, "That's cool." Uh, but <laughs> wait, who's Victor but, Garber? Oh, her dad on Alias and Thomas Andrews and Titanic and the oh. professor in Legally Blonde. He's a character actor legend. Yes. Uh, second only to Molina. But Why does she uh, stay home for him? Because he's an elderly gentleman? Because he's uh, old and he played her dad on TV. He's and an old famous. He's an old famous. We stay inside for the old famous and and he officiated the Garner Affleck wedding. Oh. What? Ah. Yeah. What a champ. Tight. Yes. Um, so he's, you know, officiated at least one failed marriage. Anyways, <laughs> Comrade Brittany started a challenge where she said that she was going to cover the expenses of three fans of like what they needed during the crisis. And she was like trying to get it going. And she tagged like Will Smith and Kate Hudson to be like, hey, we should all do this for our fans, which is like, okay, three fans, you can afford more. But it's a start. And so she was trying to get this, like, you know, redistribution of wealth thing going. And uh, none of the celebrities she tagged took her challenge. The Mm. end. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But she tried. She was like, I'm going to pay for people's expenses. Rose emoji. She's she's our comrade now. She's all (laughs) over the rose emoji. She really is. She's loving it. Um, can you? Uh, can, what if like she really didn't get it? She just really loved the rose emoji, and she's like, "I'm really loving this rose emoji." <laughs> well, I, well, if like, you're familiar do we with think Britney's Instagram, she... it's pretty high likelihood that she just likes flowers. Yeah, yeah that's kind uh, of my like. I think that might actually be what's going on. Possibly. Well, people also have theories, like you know, because she was taking care of like her sick father. If like she, her, maybe she was interacting with the healthcare industry and may have found some things out, but. You know, but either way, I think she's, you know, I'm glad she's disseminating good info and trying to do the right thing, no matter how it comes. And she also, yeah, yeah and she shared like a, a communism, like a, whatever, like a, is that the post we talked about? Was like that long text post? Yeah, the long text uh, post, yeah. yeah. So she, I don't know. I think whether she realizes what it is by name, she's getting into it. She has a good heart. Yeah. She's Comrade Brittany. It would be pretty strange if her... Uh, you know, fandom of roses lined up with her starting to kind of uh ideologically bend towards uh the left like that. That does seem like a little bit too well, much I of think, a coincidence. I think you just see now in a situation like this, there the only ideology you probably have as a human being is to either help somebody or not. And if you're more likely to help, then I think you know it makes sense yeah. to say like, yeah, I have my, I have more. I need to give some to people who have less. Oh, that sucks that if you don't have a job, you sh- that you have to pay your rent or your bills. That That's not right. I mean, I think some people yeah. are starting to catch up to it as we're seeing day by day, especially with AOC the amount Spears of people. AOC Spears 2024. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, what oh, is something we think is underrated? Gang. Cream of mushroom soup. Cream of mushroom soup. Oh, hard Cream of disagree. mushroom soup. 
Well, <laughs> the reason I'm saying it is because great it is, it's the great ingredient. It can mm. help you make a sauce. You can fucking somehow turn some chicken breasts into a creamy thing. It just allows, uh, <laughs> it's just like a, <laughs> it just allows for a lot more a flexibility. Yeah, like a creamy thing. You want a little creamy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want a little creamy. That's why. Creamy. And look, it's uh, most people know that if you're Midwest casserole gang, obviously it's like yes. having, you know, there's no, it's part of the genetic code of a casserole is cream of mushroom soup. But I'm <laughs> like, when I go to the store, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get that because I can turn up nearly any dish with a little bit of herbs and cream of mushroom soup. My mom makes a uh, fully cursed but delicious uh, American quesadilla that is oh, uh, oh. just a bunch of, <laughs> I mean, she doesn't call it American quesadilla, but... It, oh, okay. The ingredients are uh, flour tortillas, cheese, and cream of chicken soup. <laughs> That's it. Boom. You just and, and then some chilies That's... mixed in there. But it's basically a combination casserole slash. Oh, like an enchilada. It's like, but it's yeah, just stacks of stacks of cheese and uh, <laughs> it's fucking great. On our next um, grocery store run, I'm going to try to get the ingredients for, I think I've even talked about this recipe. Well, to call it a recipe is a stretch. Um, But my mom's taco salad that was just like a bag of Doritos all mushed up. And then you put hamburger meat on it. And then you put (laughs) shredded cheese on it. And then you put half a bottle of Catalina dressing. And then you heat it up. Half a bottle of Catalina dressing? Yeah, that's a critical ingredient. What is Catalina oh, dressing? Holy shit. What is Catalina dressing? It's kind of sweet and soury. I don't really know okay. how to describe it. Uh, but it it's it's just my I thought for like at least a decade that that's what taco salad was uh, cuz that's what she called it. But Boom. it's just a bag of Doritos and meat, but it's good. I'm yeah, I'm yeah. curious to see how many people are like reverting to these like arcane family recipes that they grew up yeah. and like yeah. I think this is how my mom made it. I, I've done a few <laughs> things trying to be like, I think this is how my grandma made it, like shit like that. And I'm like, I don't know who to call because some people are passed away and don't have that information anymore. But yeah. sure there's a lot of improvised chefs going on. Shout my out to all of us. Poor kids are getting a lot of when it's daddy's time to make dinner, they're getting a lot of the cheese flats. Uh, which is just oh, yeah. uh, a tortilla with cheese. <laughs> nice. Yeah, my uh, my dad called them uh, cheese roll ups to and to so that it sounded like a Taco Bell menu item. There you go. Right. Yeah, a little bit yeah. of ground beef. Cheese rollers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cheese uh, rollers. <laughs> what what else we got that's underrated? Uh oh. Uh, co- okay. So everyone's been roasting me on the Reddit for calling it COVID, not okay. COVID. Um, I don't know what that is. Is that a boss? Is no one? Have you heard no one else call it COVID? COVID? I've never heard someone from Boston say they're going to park, park the, the core. COVID. Park Por- the yeah, core. no one says you pork the Corvid in Harvard Yard. <laughs> I like COVID. I just like, yeah. I like mass hole pronunciation. Of, yeah, fucking COVID. <laughs> well, so somebody, somebody explained it to me as you should pronounce it COVID because it's short for coronavirus uh, right sure something but then that i don't pronounce it coronavirus i pronounce it cuh so it would be covid covington <laughs> like, catholic it based on those uh based on those they instructions it, ca- it would be covid coronavirus um, coronavirus corona yeah so i think you're right jamie i'm not going to pronounce it that way but i think you're right <laughs> someone let's tell <laughs> 
Someone linked me to like uh, Mayor Marty Walsh doing a speech about Corona. He's like, even he calls it COVID. What's your fucking excuse? <laughs> Matt Walsh know. is your mayor. No, <laughs> no, I God, we have. I, if you can imagine, uh, somehow a mayor that can be even worse. Uh, no, uh, Mar- <laughs> Marty Walsh. Marty oh, Marty Walsh. Walsh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Did you guys got see that it. story about UCB? That was no. Crazy. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, shut up, man. <laughs> oh, you mean because like how they laid everybody off and they're like, oh, don't know what to do about that. They're like, yeah. yes, Anne, I've got your back. You're fired. Never speak to me again. Real cool. Mm. Call back. Well, okay, that's uh, a callback to <laughs> the spoils of capitalism. So the Yay! game here is that we're gonna. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What is something we think is overrated? Uh, Instagram Live as a platform. I mm. like people using it. I have no issue with that. But it's just I like because it's only vertical. It makes it really hard to do most things. Oh, got it, got it. Um, so I feel like you can only do kind of very specific shit with it. So I'm glad people are using it. I think it's like the live app that most of us have immediate access to. So right. it's like the easiest thing to use. But the few times I've had to use it this past week, I just, I wish, I think that we as a culture just all have to download Zoom on our phones or, or Twitch on our phones or something because Instagram Live isn't going to cut it for months. Yeah. Just do, yeah. hey, hit Twitch, dude. Do some IRL streaming. Do a, go, yeah. go live on Twitch, Jamie, with that taco salad fucking process <laughs> video. Honestly, I'll, I'll, I, I need to watch that. I want to watch I mean, that. It's just me punching a bag of Doritos. <laughs> To be like, you just gotta get started like yeah, this. With your plastic samurai sword, just beat the fuck out of a back. <laughs> so yeah, I, I need to be Twitter able to do that in landscape. I saw somebody on Twitter say that Doritos have become a food group with uh, them being in quarantine. I have also upped my Dorito consumption. I wonder if that is a kind of uniform thing because it's a, it's a snack that feels hearty, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I think anyone who's been like broken in college, like you've looked at a bag of Doritos and go, yeah, that's a dinner right there. Yeah. I remember being so poor that I, that we would, that I would like lick the Dorito as part one of the meal, you know? Oh. <laughs> a little appetizer. Like, so you'd have a, fl- a flavor course? A flavor course, and then you have your grains. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, um, we won't have to go back to those times anytime yeah, soon. Your wet yeah, people- grains. People are all impressed by those fancy restaurants where they like give you the uh, impression, the memory of a uh, of a oh right of a flavor like this. It's just a air light puff. suggestion. Yeah, this air puff of a will cooler suggest ranch. cauliflower. Well, just mm. lick a Dorito and you get the same shit. They, oh. Our our greatest scientists have been working on that shit. By the way, I, I think I've said this before, but people. Uh, Salsa with Doritos. You don't. You don't need to have just a plain corn chip to dip it in salsa. Uh, and in fact, Doritos work really well as a salsa and cream salsa cheese. delivery method. Um, salsa and cream cheese. So what it sounds like, Jamie, what you're saying, Instagram Live, uh, good tent, bad app. Uh, that's it's, that's where we're. Standing. I mean, you could reach the most people the fastest, but you can only do it in portrait. Okay, I don't guys. like it. We as a nation need to step it up and all choose a live streaming <laughs> a app we'll all use. 
I think most people have picked Twitch, though, for the most part, I think, for like the most robust part. I found myself being like, what the fuck's going on? I'm like, that's right. There's been a thriving world of video streaming past before this, and it's all on Twitch. It's all on Twitch? Yeah. Are you using Twitch on a regular basis? No, but DJ Daniel hooked me up with a camera for my PlayStation uh, that he doesn't use, so I may have to just start doing some oddball oh, yeah. underwear live streams of me playing fifa or something you should jamie sorry i kept interrupting you what were you gonna say no i was just thinking about uh standing in line for 20 minutes later to get a bag of doritos to punch <laughs> <laughs> to beat the shit out of with a plastic katana <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh that picture of you with a katana is truly terrifying thank mm-hmm. you i it warranted a call from my mom <laughs> really she was like yeah. uh is everything all right <laughs> she was like is that isaac's because she's always afraid you know she's just afraid of people killing me so <laughs> she was like i don't know if isaac should have a sword in the house um but it's not with my that sword. sunny around not, yeah i know yeah. sunny's gonna learn how Talk, to wield the blade mm-hmm. whispering in his ear you know while we were red, in the quarantine sunny was people. studying the blade uh finally guys what is a myth what's something people think is true that we know to be false um i've got wall street journal articles are behind a paywall as uh jrr troll king pointed out you can uh, (laughs) usually search the headline on msn news and you can read the whole article there because uh wall street journal generally syndicates a bunch of their articles to msn news um if it's not there you can generally uh just search the first put the first sentence of the story in quotes and you'll find that it's been you know lifted a bunch of other places uh so Mm. uh fuck rupert murdoch um there's a story that i've been trying to read uh that's about it's two stanford medicine medicine uh professors who think that uh, coronavirus is being overblown, but I have not had a chance to dig into it yet. So, But those are the first people who seem like they have decent credentials who are uh, who I've seen making that case. So more on that later, gang. All right, guys, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back, and it's not just people who are uh, dealing with uh, a crisis when it comes to being able to pay their rent. It's also the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, It's Mm. also H&M. It's also Subway. It's also your mattress firms. All the greats (laughs) are uh, dealing with... a very nice, a nice level of cursed on this list. Yeah, exactly. The sort of place that it's good, good first date locations. I think all of the all all of the above. Um, yeah. But it's a uh, these are all companies that generally do not like as part of their business model. They don't own the building that they are uh, located in, and so they all have rent checks coming up uh, due in uh on april 1st and uh cheesecake factory has put out a a letter to all landlords being like hey uh we're not gonna pay you 
<laughs> this month, basically. We just can't. <laughs> yeah. We just can't Boom. do it. Sorry. I think uh, I'm planning on just copy and pasting the Cheesecake Factory letter know, and right? emailing it to my landlord. Yeah, you might as well. To be well. like, hey, listen, uh, as you know, uh, the cost of the gaudy decor in here uh, has really <laughs> drained our savings coffers and uh, right. it's not going to happen. I mean, you just yeah. got to know, just hit them with the, hey, man, uh, the economy's frozen, stuck. I'm not, I can't pay it. Okay, what are you going to do? You gonna? This is the thing that's been interesting. There's been a lot of stories, too, where you read, again, I think every day there's always new interactions between people, tenants, and landlords that are going, like, viral, whether it's, like, letters from, like, this place in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where, like, this guy was, through his management company, sent a letter to all the tenants being like, well, look, this is the deal. April 1st, your rent's due. April 2nd, your rent's due with a check. If it's not in by the 5th, we disconnect your cable. By the 6th, we evict you. It's that easy, you know, and, like, we know it's tough, but, wow. you know, that's but tough shit and then but when it went when the whole post like went viral the person who owns the property or management company or the you know namesake of the company was like texting people like you know that was the uh one of the managers sent that out that's not how we feel obviously like we'll try and work with everybody to make sure it works out but there are also like interviews you read with people who you know are like traditional they predict like maybe about half of the landlords are just sort of like private citizens who have like a duplex they live in and rent out the other part or have a small business like a building that they inherited from a you know another family member and they were saying like it's kind of even tough for them to to like kick people out because then they got to like paint it and redo all this shit and spend money and then put an ad out and then like try and, and also find no someone no one wants to fucking move right now like yes. who yeah, in their right moving. mind is going to pack That's up like yeah, so um, I think even landlords are bitter, like, like fuck, I mean, like, it's also a pain in my ass to evict somebody, plus they're not, like, not everywhere uh, is able, like, the courts aren't able to process evictions, so, you know, clearly renters, you know, are in a, like, a position of leverage at the moment, because right. the entire renting population and mortgage-paying population is like, the fuck you gonna do? Right. Right. And I think that's what we'll see what happens in terms of what the response is from, you know, the government to figure out how they properly freeze all these payments and just stop the financial drain of these like bills. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been, I mean, I've, I've been at least uh, happy to see people like call, I mean, calling out your landlord publicly. I mean, sometimes people will only respond to bad press to actually do something. So I'm right. glad that that has actually achieved some results and also i've it's been nice to see i mean i don't i don't live in a i live in a duplex and we've just been trying to like stay in contact with our neighbor to be like hey what are you doing let's like have solidarity with each other moving forward with this and i've seen that uh with some friends that live in apartment complexes as well of like i mean it's fucking especially hard to do right now but you know like talking to your neighbors uh, and trying to communicate with them and like let's get all all on the same page so that yeah get organized you know, exactly because it's like if you're like well I can pay my rent so maybe I should but it's like there might be someone in your complex who you know if the landlord is using you as a yardstick then that could be used to treat someone else poorly so yeah you know exactly. like, keep in touch with your neighbors show solidarity all that good shit uh, yeah. and and uh, we shouldn't have to pay our fucking rent this month. Yeah. yeah, but it's just odd um, though. It's funny to see these companies being like, "Well, actually, I'm gonna like act like I can't pay my rent either." And I get that, obviously, like because everything's at a standstill, and then there are employers. But how now we're seeing 
even corporations mimic the behavior of vulnerable yeah. people. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, right. it's, just, it's right. just, it's out of the, it's, it's, I did not think I would see a headline like that where it's like, Cheesecake Factory is saying, um, no to rent. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's funny. Yeah, I mean, I am curious. I'm try. I'm trying to get like more information. It's hard. I, I don't think that there's been like a ton written about like, well, what is the standard of what we should do? Like, what is the best way to show solidarity right now? And like, how case to case is it? I mean, I don't know. I I want to know more. I don't. I don't want to like, because in some ways it feels like, oh, if you're like just down to pay rent as normal, it could almost be seen as like crossing a picket line i don't i don't know i i want more information and uh welcome any i mean honestly that that, that's the only way like that's another form of just having a rent strike i think is one way to communicate to the banks and lenders like how where the gridlock is within the system and like how the money moves is like that's the thing that's why i wish a lot of the coverage on the media was talking about what how are we going to cure our financial system so because this has essentially laid bare all of the ills of our society and of our culture in America and yeah. we're not we we aren't discussing like what the what the light is at the end of the tunnel to be like this is a future we need to work towards because you see how we've been doing it look what happened just with that just with like a new kind of illness going around completely threw everything the fuck off um right. and it's interesting to see curious how many of those presidential candidates who are like you're gonna love your in, in employee provided insurance there's no there's no need we need to guarantee health insurance for everybody where are y'all at now and tell me how right. that how that still you know holds water in in this debate now yeah i mean it, it sounds like if you're in an apartment building like a smart thing if you can pay rent would be to kind of try and reach out to other people in your building to find out who can and can't pay rent and then, you know, have some sort of collective communication to the landlord about how, yeah. how you're paying. Espe- but yeah, I would do research if even live- if you can pay rent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause I, it's just, I, I don't know. I get, I get confused of like, you know, if, if even if you are able to whatever, play the game as normal as it were, d- does that mean that you should, you know, like just right. to, there's better because yeah. it's like I would rather give money I was using for my rent to like people who, you know, like to donate shit than, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. So, no, and I think that's where, you know, there isn't a lot of visible, I don't know, like there isn't a lot of strategizing going on that's going to make it into the mainstream media, you know, because they're not going to be like, right. all right, y'all, this is how you're going to fucking give it to the banks that have been giving it to right. you for decades. Like it's just not going to happen. And I think, yeah, you know, those are things that uh, we have to figure out because to, to go back to like how things have been going is it's we're seeing just all the weaknesses right now and it's just not yeah. sustainable. I really feel like that this election and this, and now this crisis is really laying bare the need for an organized kind of left leaning media because people want it and there's just not really there's like a bunch of podcasts and that's basically it. Um, right and, and the intercept <laughs> like that's uh, the intercept rules there yeah I mean it does like because right now it just does seem like people are and I'm so glad they are but like just donating uh, or not donating uh, like organizing online and, and communicating online 
which is important and like necessary, but it's easy to get like lost in the shuffle there and to get like your information jumbled and be like, oh, well, if it applies to this city, does it apply to me as well? Like even what like New York is going through is like very different to what we are going through. And then there's a bajillion cities in between us. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There seems like a, a, a need for more organized leftist reporting and just, um, you know, it, local organizing. Um, yeah. And a lot of that is happening. It's just, you know, if if you haven't been involved in it before, it's just like figuring out, well, where do I find it and how do I, you know, get involved in a meaningful way? Yeah. So with regards to kind of what, what we were just talking about, the people who were relying on employer-provided health care uh, or health insurance, U.S. jobless claims for the week, like the weekly report just came in, and they've gone up by $3 million. Um, if you look at the chart of jobless claims uh, from the, uh, the chart is from the 60s, the mid-60s up through today, um, everything is hovering around 200,000 the entire time at like during the financial crisis, it, uh, spiked up to a little bit over, uh, 0.5 million. So like half a million. Um, yeah. and now it's up at 3.2 million. It just, it's shot through the top of the chart essentially. Um, yeah. and yeah. It's all happening at once, so it's really like kind of puts the crisis into perspective. Yeah, and it's I mean even when you look, Steve Mnuchin was on Fox Business or seeing one of those you know fucking Wall Street jerk off channels, and like he was saying like, oh you know that that three point three million that's really not relevant right now because you know obviously long term short term we don't really know what we're dealing with, so I really would I really wouldn't worry about that. It's like what the fuck are you talking about? And this. <laughs> This is people who are able to apply for unemployment. That doesn't count people who have work in the gig economy. You can't apply mm -hmm. for unemployment in those occupations. So that number is far greater than even this one. And I think that's where, you know, this like disconnected nature of, you know, the Treasury Secretary. I mean, we we knew he was a fucking Disney villain from that one photo where him and his wife are holding up like uncut money. But yeah. right. this is like, you know, to to hear that him say something like that it's irrelevant that three and three probably well over three and a half million people probably even more are out of the job is irrelevant. It's just like, that's just cause it's abstract to him. He's like, well, I don't know anybody who's out of the job, but I mean, like I get there's that part of the economy where people are struggling, but that's not me. And that's irrelevant because who knows what's going to happen. Um, and then, you know, I think also with the, with the bailout, the, you know, the stock market kind of went up slightly. So, you know, most people who use that as their measure, like, okay, I think we might be getting stuff under control while ignoring the real serious issues. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I like, and to, for people who think that that, like, number isn't going to continue to increase, I mean, just, like, even thinking of how many people that I, like, I know, and I'm sure everybody knows that, like, whose job is just, um, their, the hours they have are on complete life support, depending on how long the business can afford to keep someone on part-time. Like, it's just, it's going to get worse. Right. Um, I mean, unless the billionaires tell us to go back to work sooner. Right. In which oh, case, so, oh, well, in which case, we'll all just die. <laughs> well, I'll just die. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm, you know, I've, I've been talking I'm to my family. Healthy, so, yeah. I, I guess I'm, I'm down to die for the cap. 
Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's fucked up. Like there, I, I was talking to my brother yesterday and he, he works at a bakery that closed, um, temporarily, but who knows? And we were talking, he was like, well, I don't know. Should I like, I, I don't know if I should try to get a job at a grocery store because they're the only people who are hiring right now. But it's like, I was like, well, I, you know, that sounds like that could be a, a dangerous job to take right now. I don't know. It's just, it's all so fucked. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's people waiting on unemployment benefits, very unclear what the timeline is for when you actually receive those. Um, and, and all that. Yeah. We are seeing uh, more detail on the Biden sexual assault allegation, uh, not to do such a hard pivot, but uh, from <laughs> one type of bad news to another. There's full text in this Reddit thread, uh, and it's way worse than anything we had heard up to this point uh, with the like old handsy Grandpa Joe stuff. It's full-on sexual assault. Like It's rape, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, it's rape. And there, there's these details that, like, <laughs> quotes from him that she says kind of still ring in her head. There's also people who have pointed out that she's written a bunch of really pro-Russia things in the past. Um, but I don't know if that really relates to the seriousness of her claims. I don't think that it does. I think that but that has been the, like, knee-jerk reaction to i mean it's we've seen the same things happen with with trump before of like well her story cannot be believed or trusted because of this other thing so there she gave the full interview to katie halper on wednesday you listen to it if you want it's pretty triggering it's it's, it's a lot yeah i mean as we were talking about yesterday um, this woman reached out to Time's Up for assistance, wasn't able to get it because of something, something. We can't give legal assistance to someone accusing a political candidate who's running for office right now. And there's other people who are kind of coming at her saying, well, she has supported Russia in the past, so she's making it up, which obviously we don't fuck with here. Um, but it's just, I mean... It's a, it's a really uh, horrifying story. Well, yeah, and you also see a lot of people being like, oh, here comes, you know, whatever they want to call it, like Russian trolling or whatever, if that's how you want to completely disregard someone's credible allegation. But, like, if yeah. they think, you know, like, people uh, who don't support Biden or whatever are, like, making a big deal out of this, do you think the president is going to not bring this right. up in some way? Right. When, if, right. when he's camp... And then it's just going to be a a gross ass battle of finger pointing between people with credible sexual assault allegations. You're like, what the fuck is this circus I'm looking at? Well, it's like, uh, and it's just like victims will be dragged out of the woodwork again. And then right. the, every debate will just be like, well, who's the worst rapist? I guess don't right. vote for him. It's just, well, like, yeah. It's so and I think, you know, dark. just like anything, right. And we've, we talk about this on the show all the time. If you have to treat allegations seriously, you can't, or else there's no way that you can actually properly effectively confront rape culture if you're always going to have asterisks or weird ways to be like, well, who's it and what's the timing? I don't know. Do we need to do that now? It's like, okay, if this person has an allegation, you saw right. how people came out for Christine Blasey Ford when she, when she had her allegations against Brett Kavanaugh. But I don't, see those, like I don't see a lot of those senators now saying we need a, an investigation and things like that. Because again, sadly... 
it may be that a lot of those people on even the left were only interested in scoring points against Brett Kavanaugh very narrowly rather than saying, like, right. I am actually upholding this standard of if there is a credible allegation brought forward, we must investigate it. Well, I think right. that that's a lot of the problems that we see with, like, Democrats in general, like, or, or the traditional democratic system is, is that, you know, it's like solidarity to a point. It's like solidarity as far as it advances what my party wants, um, as opposed to like, you know, we don't fuck with rapists, period, <laughs> which, you right. know, uh, like should obviously be the the standard. But yeah, I hadn't even thought about it like in, in regards to Christine Blasey Ford and, and, and Kavanaugh. Um, but you don't see a lot of people coming out. And, and I honestly haven't seen this story talked about uh, that much yet. Um, and obviously there's a ton going on, but it's like, it's a very relevant story that people should be paying attention to. It's worth discussing, you know, like yeah. I'm, I, I, I think some people are just like, oh, people just say that cause they want Trump to win or they, they want some other candidate in there. The, the bottom line is if this is a truly someone who's as a presidential, like we're treating like a presidential candidate, then at some point, something like this could come up, especially if there if you've done something and there is some kind of anything in your past to bring up and weaponize against you in the context of a political race, then he has yeah. to be able to answer for that, too. So yeah. if that's the case, then answer for it. Like what's going on is and, right. and get let's hear your piece. But to not say anything is just really odd. And, you know, when again, when you look at sort of the dynamics around it, the same people who like worked with Harvey Weinstein or whatever. Uh, it's all, I get it. Like there's just, there's a game in which we will protect people depending on what kind of, you know, what, what the trade-off is, what they're going to give us, whether that's like a, you know, Trump out of office or maybe to uphold like the status quo in terms of like a corporatocracy, what have you. It's, mm -hmm. there's yeah. just, yeah. And it's awful to see it really not breach any kind of, mainstream news outlet like i've not seen anything outside no. of like the intercept or maybe like a, a couple things here or there that are sort of like i don't know someone someone's claiming that happened i don't know but we'll bury that at the bottom of our page yeah um, and yeah and for anybody who's like oh what would you do if if uh if, if you support bernie and there was a thing about bernie like that i would throw his ass on the fucking pile too seriously yeah. it doesn't fucking matter exact that's the difference thing. i think that's the problem is some people have that fucked up calculus and they, they think everybody's applying it and that's not right. the way it works. Yeah. And it's also that, I mean, it's that fucking thing where it's like, you know, it's like, I, I love Bernie, but it's, a, it's more, you have to attach yourself to what they stand for, not to a specific person or you're every hundred percent of the time going to get fucked over. How many times do we need to learn that lesson mm -hmm. that you can't yeah. deify a person? You have to, you know, deify their values and, and live by them, even if they don't like, Duh, yeah. bitch. Quote me. Duh, a bitch. Uh, that is the title of today's episode. Um, yeah, I mean, I just personally don't want something like this to be true because I, I do think that like Biden is now the nominee that we're gonna have to run against Trump. Like that's right. Very bad for the country uh, that something like this is coming out, but you can't just ignore it. All his mm -hmm. campaign staff and his advisors need to figure out how they're going to again, you could you might be able to bury that shit on, on the on, you know, the CNNs and MSNBCs of the world. But 
at a certain point, you don't think Fox is going to do everything they can to run this all over the place to ensure some kind of win for Trump? Or I don't know, are they sort of like, well, don't do this because then then we're going to also have to talk about Trump. I don't know. Is it like, right. gonna, are they somehow like at a weird, like having a, a, a peace agreement armistice because they're like, okay, if you don't make it hot about your candidate's sexual assault claims, then we won't make it vice versa. Let's just truce. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, can we go back to talk about Cheesecake Factory? Right. Their cocktails are gross. <laughs> cheesecake Factory's cocktails? You ever have one? They cost like $16 and they taste like shit. <laughs> uh, uh. Let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. And we're back. And one question uh, that seems to be on a lot of people's minds because of just the activity at gun stores uh, is, is crime going to go up Yeah, based on the number of people just draining gun stores of ammo and firearms? You'd think that the world was returning to like some sort of Mad Max, suburban Mad Max uh, thing. And yeah. Where no one is safe, everyone is a threat. Shield right. yourself, and I—I I, I mean, I think that's a natural instinct. I think, yeah, in general, things become chaotic or unpredictable. Your first thing is safety. You know, some people—you can tell by the things people hoard what they fear. If it's not wiping your asshole with paper, that's one thing. If it's you want to, you know, protect yourself from a violent intruder, then maybe you go hoard your guns and ammo or what, what have you. Um, and you know, they were asking a few criminologists, sort of. Um, it, it's in this McClatchy article, um, just kind of like what their take is on, you know, given the economy and things like that, how that would affect crime. Um, and they've noticed that like right now, initially a lot, the crime has begun to decrease in a lot of cities and that, cause it, a lot of this depends on three things. These criminologists say it has, it has to be an intersection of opportunity, motivation, and the absence of a capable guardian. And right now with people being like in their houses, um, and like off the streets, the opportunities are gone because you can't really break into a house because chances are someone is in is behind a door that you might want to open. A lot of the right. businesses are like shuttered and they have their alarms on. So those kinds of burglaries are going to be a little bit more difficult to do. And there aren't less as many like, quote unquote, easy targets um, when everyone's sort of sheltered. Um, and so. Despite all that, though, they're saying, you know, obviously, like probably auto theft or larceny or street crimes may go down. There may be an increase, obviously, in crimes against unhoused people, because, again, they're yeah. if they're if they're not being they have no protection and they're vulnerable um, and they have something that someone else might want. That's very possible in that aspect. And the other one is the elderly, yeah. because scammers, the, the new crime wave will be more about deceptive crime than sort of violent one-to-one street crime but again even this criminologist is like that's my prediction um i'm not yeah yeah i can't say that like sort of wholeheartedly but just based on what how we look at things and there's not really a clear indication like connection between recession and crime some people think recessions can create more criminal like career criminals um but they also say that like in the 2008 recession there wasn't necessarily an uptick in crimes because of that either um but they're just saying, like, at the very least, the vulnerable are, are really going to be the unhoused and elderly or anyone who's desperate enough to fall for some kind of, like, fraudulent scam. Right. right. I mean, and and it's been, like, pretty, 
I mean, as is usual, there's been a lot of promises to unhoused communities that um, by, you know, by most cities I've read about, I mean, the, the promises are just not, they're delayed, they're not being followed through on. They say, oh, don't worry, it's going to happen. And then they suspend city council meetings in any, any, you know, any other way to give people resources. There's been, um, yeah, and it's like, of course, I don't know, I, it's it's so frustrating. I've, I've seen like, groups that have nothing to do with the city organizing to try to protect um, unhoused citizens, because that's like the only people who will do anything like the, mm. the systems is not doing anything. And the same for elderly too. Like I, I've like, I've been, I've been calling my boomers in the mornings and a lot of people, I mean, it's like the, uh, a lot of the elderly population is like very rightfully on their guard and yeah. being like, you know, because I mean, I'm, I'm sure all the scammers are coming out. And right. so when an actual public service calls, they're like, wait, what's the catch? And you're like, no, I, I, I understand. Like, right. I swear there's not a catch, but that is also what a scammer would say. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's the other thing. If you have like elderly family members, tell like warn them, like there are going to be people who are going to try and offer them some kind of weird fucking service or relief program. I don't know, just some shit because across the board even if you're not elderly like being in this unpredictable financial situation can make you very vulnerable to all kinds of manipulation and i think that's the important thing to look out for Mm. yeah can't wait to see what mlms take off during this time (laughs) right oh god well one thing in that vein is that goop may get us killed after all um Yeah, so I mean, Gwyneth herself has not been (laughs) fair. (laughs) Gwyneth herself has not been doing anything that's overtly irresponsible. Uh, She uh, posted a photo on Instagram of herself wearing a face mask and gloves coming back from a farmer's market. Um, If you look at the picture, she looks like she's in like a a very chill Mortal Kombat game. Like it's like a full face. (laughs) black mask um yeah <laughs> yeah she's also uh, reassuring people that now is a time for nesting reading cleaning out closets doing something mm-hmm, you've mm-hmm. always wanted to do uh which is tough if you're working from home you know uh in a in a job that has gotten more stressful more stretched or taking care of kids or scrambling for money or doing all of those things at once or you know, infected with the virus and doing all those things at once. Uh, yeah. but, or but you can nest and read though. and follow clean your out dreams. your closets. Yeah, it's yeah. a time for fun downtime activities. Uh, but one thing that Goop has done that's kind of overtly irresponsible is over the past couple of years, they've been platforming this uh, psychiatrist named Kelly Brogan. Uh, who has recently been out there on social media claiming that the coronavirus uh, might not even exist. Um, Mm. In a video, uh, she claims that the reason people are dying isn't actually the coronavirus, but rather Mm. the fear of the virus. Uh Uh-huh, right, Um, Mm. right, right. um, She's suggested that the media is secretly controlled by a pro-vaccination group and suggested the government is actually doing this to gain totalitarian government control, not unlike the divide and conquer dehumanization agendas that preceded the Holocaust. Um, oh, so just, fuck. she's ticking all the boxes. Of Shout just, out Goop. 
Yeah. Um, Who won't they platform? They're like, if you have a million dollars and a bad idea, you are on right. that website. Yeah. But that's but on I mean, her, her That's personal, on her social on media, Goop, right. right. So okay. they're, they're not posting that on Goop. This was on her social media, but she appeared on Goop's website last fall in October 2019 and on the Goop podcast in December 2018. And the subject of that podcast uh, at that time was, can you heal the mind through the body? Uh, so is basically yep. so vague theory, right? It's all it's all in your mind, guys. Just uh, don't feel fear, and you will. Everything's interconnected. Um, and at that time, obviously, we didn't have uh, her uh, very interesting views on the coronavirus to uh, refer to, but we did have her uh, have an indication of where she stood on these sorts of things because. She had been publicly denying that AIDS is caused by HIV for many years um, and, in fact, said that drug toxicity associated with AIDS treatment may very well be what accounts for the majority of AIDS deaths. Um, So it's all just people being too worried about diseases and drugs uh, to combat those diseases or or killing people. Uh, as opposed to saving their lives. Um, yeah, cancer and- is actually just a really bad cluster of bad vibes you haven't untangled. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, if you have cancer, honestly, why are you being so negative? Right, <laughs> oh it's God. your negativity. It really, I'm getting really like big, 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 big orb energy from Dr. Brogan from the Marianne Williamson uh, books like early on that she was writing that was getting her in trouble. Where she was like, yeah, just think your illness is away. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, speaking of Marianne, she yeah. is uh, our she, queen. Our queen. I I was I was somewhere yesterday where her a quote from her was not like hanging on the wall, but painted onto the wall. Yes, it's a good it's a good quote, but it's just shocking. In every like community, in a, there is work to be done. In every heart, there is power to do it. And you're like, oh, I can hear her saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In every heart. And in a way yes, that girl, like, I just want to tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in a way that is printed. Like, it's not like somebody just, like, wrote that on the wall. Oh, like, it's, it's not uh, going stenciled. Yeah, it's going to be, like, yeah, someone stenciled it in, and they, it, it took a long time. Marianne is also reading... Uh, a return to love her famous book on youtube for free so people will hashtag stay home so uh oh, yes girl girl's doing her part mm-hmm. yeah um, like, what can i do besides pray it away uh guys let's talk about a this list uh from mcclatchy uh of items that people are not desperate enough to hoard this is also this list kind of is also indicating Sort of another thing I was talking about is like we're running out of content to talk about. Like with everything slowing down, there's also there's we're like such a content focused culture that, you know, the paparazzi business is tanking right now because there are no people. There are no famous people who are living outside of the walls to take photos of where we can pretend that that's the world we want to be in. So now it's just basically celebrities have been reduced to the same lifestyle as every person, which is, I guess, right. just with a nicer house or background. But like on McClatchy, I had seen like articles here and there or like tweets of people like saying like, oh, look at this shit in my grocery store. No one's touching this or this or this. Like McClatchy, who does like really great journalism, sort of had to venture into like, let's scrape some uh, stuff together to get an article what out there. What are they doing? Yeah. yeah. 
But again, fantastic article because some of the things I'm like, I saw this on a list from last week, but then there's some new ones. So, uh, and the region specific ones are great. So for example, across the board, it seems like even from Canada to Scotland to parts of the United States, vegan hot dogs are pretty much readily available uh, for anyone (laughs) seeking them. Um, If you are in San Francisco in particular, the cauliflower based mac and cheese, fully stocked. There was a photo of that. Like Mm. no one even touched one box of cauliflower (laughs) mac and cheese. In I had bo- some uh, cauliflower-based rice uh, risotto last night out of our freezer, mm. and it was pretty good. So don't oh, don't yeah. I mean, sleep on the cauliflower stuff, guys. No, I like cauliflower rice, but I think just when they start making things like that, are we're used to being full on like mac, like like craft mac and cheese. Like it was craft mac and cheese, but oh, with wow. cauliflower. Like cauliflower. It wasn't just wow. like a cal- it was just the craft. So most people they want respect for the as full blown gluten as possible. Add to um, culture, yeah. The other one in Boston, cans and cans of Manhattan clam chowder left on the shelves. <laughs> well, what do you fucking I mean, think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you think Manhattan clam chowder is gonna solve COVID? COVID. COVID nineteen. I don't fucking think so. I don't so. fuck. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, bro. That's just on the grocery stores for bringing Manhattan clam chowder into Boston, uh, into <laughs> yeah. New England. Yeah, you, you should know better. Yeah, Dasani yeah. water is just sitting like Why? in cer- certain Costco's because I think people know it's just trash sink water that's in a bottle. I I would uh, beg to well, differ. Dasani is my favorite water. You like that purified bullshit? Yeah, that's my favorite, man. Of the bottled waters, which uh, are all bullshit, but and also, yeah, uh, we're quickly learning fuck fuck bottled water forever too. Yeah, fuck bottled water. And it Um, wasn't even like obviously the environmental impacts and things like that. But when I fully started looking, people load all this heavy ass water. I'm like, bro, no, that should come out the sink for free, and it's fine. I'm here's water. Water tastes nasty. Oh my god, take from the. From the uh, squeeze it high C lobby over there. Everyone says that it tastes like nothing. It tastes like something, and it tastes bad. <laughs> so you don't drink water? Is that your new thing you've come out? You've arrived at? No, I I do it now. Begrudgingly, but I, but I really make a big deal of it. <laughs> <laughs> I I gotta down a cup of shit juice oh, again. Oh, yeah, I fucking choke every time. <laughs> um, other things that people saw: Brussels sprouts uh, may have been not everywhere, but in certain places. The regional things that were really interesting was in South Carolina, there were a few shots of people not taking the jugs of unsweet tea. Like all the sweet tea was gone. But the gallon jugs of unsweet, they're like, nah, fuck that. Like I don't even have the time to turn it up with sugar myself, not touching it. And also wow. in North Carolina, now North Carolina Zeitgang, I think that's you, a few of you, and I won't say your names, but Duke's mayonnaise was gone. And I guess that's your thing over there to the point where every other mayonnaise was left on the shelf. They're like, I don't, I don't wow. touch helmets. It's only Dukes. Dukes so. mayonnaise. Helmets. It's interesting oh. to see those things come out. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that is content. That counts. That does count. Also, counts. wait, what the fuck is chocolate hummus? Dude, it's just some shit they have at Trader Joe's. I've seen it, but I've never even bothered to touch it. Because the combination of words is an abomination itself. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that Don't doesn't sound right. I mean, it just seems like it's emphasizing making some decisions for these companies, right? 
don't you gotta mm. you gotta get rid of this chocolate hummus, guys. What the fuck? Are you yeah, doing? I mean, who, <laughs> and also Zeit Gang, if you're eating chocolate hummus, please please let me know why you think it's worth eating. It sounds like a joke on everyone, right? I mean, is it is it chickpeas mashed up with like Nutella? Hershey bars <laughs> with Nutella or Hershey bars? I don't know. When I see chocolate hummus, I'm just like, I don't, in my mind, it is. Yeah, I have no idea, and I and I don't care to know. Uh, no, yeah, they are. It is with uh, chickpeas. <laughs> Hell Jesus yeah. Christ! <laughs> Chocolate hummus does taste really good, and like they they basically present it like on a platter of like fruits and things like that, and then Got just it. saying, yeah, made from a standard base of cooked chickpeas, tahini, and expeller pressed canola oil. Uh, a little uh, bit of cocoa, but, but it goes with fruit. Pour so a big glass of water with that. That's so yeah. nasty. I like that they're like, it tastes good. <laughs> like they, they know that yeah, you're going to be shocked by that fact. <laughs> they're trying to gaslight you at the top. They'd be like, no, no, no. It's- Look, we get it. This sounds fucking gross. I mean, the way <laughs> that even the post on it when like the, the product hit the shelves, I guess in August of last year on the Trader Joe's page, it says, our customers love chocolate. And our customers love hummus, but chocolate hummus? Admittedly, we were skeptical. The idea of dessert hummus being anything more than interesting seemed unlikely. And while we're all for interesting, our products have to actually taste good too. Like, really good. And to our great surprise, chocolate hummus does in fact taste really good. Mm. What? <laughs> to our surprise, this doesn't fucking suck. To our surprise, uh, this-, this shit paste tastes like chocolate hummus. This is like the that show The Ranch on Netflix where it was like just blindly using data to create something. It's right. like, well, people like westerns and uh two and a half men. Let's make let's make a show that's the a combination of those two things. Did y'all watch The Ranch? No. 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 It was bad. It tastes surprisingly good. It was it was, uh, you know, it. I watched a couple episodes. It just was. It was so distracting to me of like how clear it was that they were not on a ranch. That's what took me out of it. <laughs> right. It was just like this... they put a couple uh, horseshoes up on the set of uh, Two and a Half Men. They were in like an empty Forever Twenty One in Burbank, and they just like yeah hung up a horseshoe, and they're like, all right, Ashton Kutcher, try your try a Southern accent, and he's like. Oh, like it was just brutal. Oh, uh, was, was totally brutal. on board for this show until I realized actually does not take place on a <laughs> real life ranch. It doesn't. Look, it should at least look like they might be on a ranch, but they just like parked a truck outside of a Forever Twenty One, and they're like, "Here it is. It's the ranch." Zeke, like, give us any other examples of uh, chocolate hummus and the ranch things that are just like clearly based on uh, data, blindly based on data, and terrible. Uh, godless abominations. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, all right, guys. Uh, it's a fun ending for mm-hmm. a depressing show. Um, we got through Jamie, another week, y'all. Another we week, it. baby. Woo! Uh, Jamie, where can people find you and follow you? Hey, you can find me on Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help. You can find me on Instagram at Jamie Christ Superstar. Um. The, the, oh, there's a new episode of the Bechtel cast out this week about Mulan, which was supposed to come out, and now it didn't. But hey, we made an episode anyways, so it's out. 
Hey. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Um, yes. Let's Sure. Um, this is a tweet from uh, Alex Goldman uh, that just made me think. It says, every one of the Thomas trains has a mostly silent human driver, and it gives me endless questions about the nature of free will on the island of Sodor. Oh, my God. That is a question that my four-year-old or three-year-old uh, is actually constantly asking me is about the driver because... Like when he was watching uh, or reading the books, they never include the driver, but then he watched the show and the drivers are there and suddenly he's like, wait, there. there are drivers? What the fuck is happening? There's uh, drivers. Not in those words. My theory is that the show also doesn't know what yeah. the situation with the drivers is. Yeah, because there's a human, uh, Sir Topham Hat, uh, who like kind of runs the whole operation. Yeah, yeah, an icon, clearly. An so, like, he communicates icon. to the trains. Are the trains just fictional projections of the personalities of their drivers? And if so, why does Thomas, like, why would Thomas's driver be, <laughs> like, have some of the personality quirks? Really, like, think it was hard <laughs> to get up a hill sometimes. <laughs> there's so, um, yeah, there's there's so many, I don't know. I, I wonder if there is some like deep lore with the drivers. I feel like someone has probably taken it upon themselves. And if they haven't, now's the time, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Miles, <laughs> where can people find you and what's a tweet <laughs> you've been enjoying? No, that was that was riveting. Um, you can find me, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Gray, uh, and also my other show, Four Twenty Day Fiance, with Sophia Alexandra. A uh, couple of tweets I like. Uh, first one is from Brandy Posey at Brandazzle. If I was a millionaire slash billionaire right now, I'd pretty publicly be paying a bunch of rent GoFundMe's and posting them out just selfishly to safeguard myself as one of the good ones for when this is all over. Uh, oh. Another one is from Jared Goldstein. Hey, Jared. Hey, it says LGBT hey. equals let gays buy tigers. Yes. <laughs> all right. So starting tomorrow, we will be discussing Tiger King. Uh, Monday. Starting Monday, uh, we be will ready. be discussing the Tiger King. Uh, Jamie will be ready. Uh, and so you guys take the weekend, get caught up. Um, one of my tweets is actually uh, about the Tiger King. Uh, it's just true. Uh, from Billy Wayne Davis, he said, Tiger King is the perfect explanation of the success of Jody Hill, Danny McBride, and Ben Best. They understand the very real characters in rural America and what fuels them at their cores foot fist way is the tiger king without meth <laughs> i love it oh foot yeah. with fist way rules I love yeah and so there much. it's true there's like something very uh unique about like the stories that they tell that is specific to uh i've, I've heard it described as like the protestant south like it's just yeah. like the ethos and the values that their shows kind of embody. Uh, another tweet that I've been enjoying uh, from Mitten Damore tweeted, a neighbor is blowing bubbles from their garden. Great, whimsical, little flying blisters of plague. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore O'Brien. You can 
find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what's that going to be? Uh, I'm just going to keep moving with the Afrobeat uh, style. Uh, we did Manu Dubango yesterday. Let's do a Fela Kuti track today. Uh, Manu played with before. Uh, and that one is Rofo Rofo Fight by Fela Kuti. Uh, it's one of my, probably the first uh, Fela Kuti song I'd ever heard. And then fully got me into the Afrobeat and the music of Fela and his son, Femi and Seyun and the, all the, the, whole, the whole gang out there. Shout out to Nigeria. Uh, and yeah, this is a classic song, Fela Kuti, Africa 70, Rofa Rofa Fight. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for our shows for the week. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. Uh, and then back on Monday with more podcasts. And we will talk to you guys then. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Bye. 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 Bye.